Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon. And transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite. You are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. to you. I'm doing well this morning. Good morning to you, brother. And uh, folks, welcome back. I'm excited to be here with you for another broadcast with Pastor John Terrell coming to you from Sacramento, California. And today's date is Thursday, September 28th, 2023. All right, I've got Mixima running. Uh, Brother John, I also want to mention to people, um, they can also go to the website MegamanRadio.com, and we have another way they can tune in. It's called IceCast, and this is running pretty smooth. It's uh, it's a server that I have uh, perched some time on, and uh, I turn it on as well as MixLR. So if MixLR goes down, you can jump to IceCast, or vice versa. Some people prefer IceCast, and it's just a it's a restreamer um, of our program right off my computer up to the net. And then it you can pick it up anywhere worldwide. It's great, and um, Check it out, folks. The link, again, is on my website. Okay. With that, let's get started. Brother John, you want to open us in prayer? Yes, sir. Father God, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you. That here is Thursday and another program on Mega Man Radio. And Lord, as things are ups and down in the world, there's always conflicts and strife and so on. I thank you, Father God, that we can have peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Touch me now, Lord, and help me to convey to people what you want them to hear today. Let your Holy Spirit just work through me, and let the Holy Spirit work through each one listening now and later, so that, Father God, they will understand spiritually what I'm trying to share with them. And this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Take it away, my friend. All right. We're continuing here in my teaching on guidance. And this chapter is number 50. 
in my book, Christian Dynamics, book number three. And the title of this chapter is Tune in God and Turn Off Satan. And this is our segment number eight that we're doing today. So last week, I ended the program by discussing gossip. And um, gossip is not nice. It is not benign. It is extremely destructive. And evil spirits, they love gossip because they can control the person. Not only the one that gossips, but the person that hears the gossip. Understand now that we are spirit beings in a physical body. The physical body is a vehicle that we receive at the moment of conception when your soul is inserted into the new body that has been created by God. At the same time, you also have a spirit, but the moment your soul and spirit is, is inserted into your human body because of the Adamic sin, your spirit dies, and an unsaid person has a soul and a dead spirit. I will repeat this again because it's important to understand that. The soul is not some kind of a spiritual blob. It consists of a soul body. And your soul body has a head. It has a brain. It has eyes, ears, a mouth. It has a torso. It has arms, it has legs, feet. The soul body is simply the real you. Because when your physical body dies, the physical body and your physical brain goes into the grave. It's either put in the grave or you are cremated. So, our thinking, our emotions, everything that you are is placed in the soul body and the soul brain. That's you. And so, we are in this physical body because we are in a physical world. And so, we have been assigned a body to navigate on this planet that is a physical planet. So, demons now, they simply understand, they, they know how we are made. And they don't go necessary for the flesh. They go for your soul brain. So, let me just to see if I can illustrate that for you. When you have a sexual encounter, and let's talk about a husband and a wife, and there's an enormous pleasure, and uh, you have an orgasm, both husband and wife have an orgasm, if they are nice to one another, and love one another, that orgasm Orgasm is not felt in the physical brain. That is experienced in your soul brain. The physical brain simply conveys you have nerve endings on the body. And the nerve endings, they simply send signals in to the physical brain 
that in turn sends that signals down to the soul brain. And it is the soul brain that you think, this is the soul brain that you feel, and that everything is happening. Let me try to illustrate that for you because I don't think that some of you can wrap your minds around this. Let's talk about Jesus. Jesus is God. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is one-third of the Trinity. So when Jesus came down to earth to live here, and eventually to die on the cross. Jesus had a physical body that was furnished by Mary, his mother. We do know today through, or we have learned this, that the mother produces an egg, and actually the egg contains flesh and bones, And the the blood is supplied by the Father through his sperm. So Jesus, when he was going to have a body, the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, you're going to be pregnant. And she said, well, I don't know any man. She said, no, you don't have to. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you and impregnate you. So the body of Jesus had sinless blood. That's why he could make an atonement for us on the cross. Once Jesus got us united with his physical body, we now had Jesus, God, living in a physical body Jesus did not have a soul Jesus is Jesus as he lived on earth through his physical body he experienced joy sorrow grief pain happiness All the things that you and I experience, Jesus experienced, and he had to have a physical body, physical human body, to have the same experience as we have. The Bible also says that Jesus was tempted in all things, just like you and I are tempted. That means... He was tempted sexually. He was tempted when it comes to gossip. He was tempted when it comes to um, trying to have more money. In all the things that he was tempted to lie, he was tempted to steal. Everything that you and I have experienced and are experiencing on the earth, Jesus experienced when he was here some 33 years before he gave up the ghost and went to paradise and then later was resurrected so if you understand that it simply means this that you not only need to guard your physical body but you also need to guard your soul body Because that's really where events are taking place. Let me give a recent example that happened, I believe, a few weeks ago. And uh, I can't remember right now that this city was one of the mid-states in the Midwest here in the United States. There was a woman, she was about 22, 23 years old. And she was attending college. And um, she did not apply herself. And I don't know if she was partying and stuff like that. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, she did not get good grades. 
And the parents were very strict. They were hoping that she would, you know, succeed and get a college degree. <clears throat> so eventually she was expelled from the college. And now she was in a panic mode. What would the parents do? She was, she had tried to live in a dorm after she was expelled and finally said, you can't live here because you're no longer part of the college. So she had to go home. And she came home, but she knew that her mother was there alone. As she <clears throat> began to talk to her mother, of course her mother said, okay, what are you doing here? You're not in college and so on. And uh, she then had to tell you know, mother, you know, well, you know, I'm, I'm expelled from the college because I had bad grades and so on. So the mother then, um, she was probably, I would say, about 55 years old, 55, 60 years old. Uh, as the mother heard that, the girl, the, 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 the daughter, who was demon-possessed. The demon now told the daughter, the way out of this confrontation with your mother is you got to kill her. So, the daughter obeyed the demonic force, picked up a frying pan, <clears throat> and started whacking her mother's head until he fell down. Once she fell down, she was not dead, <clears throat> but she was unable to, she might have been unconscious or and she was not able to stand up. Now she went to a drawer, picked up a knife, a large knife, and she stabbed her mother 30 times. And of course, that killed the mother. Now, had she done that, when she was killing the mother, the demons were simply controlling her and the demons were showing her how to do it, how to whack the mother with a frying pan, how to stab her. And afterwards, the daughter realized there's going to be consequences. I need to prepare for that. So she went took a chair or something, and broke a window. Now, during this time, this commotion, her mother, in the beginning, had was talked on the phone with uh, some relative or someone, and the person heard the commotion, then they phoned them dead. So this person had called the police. So shortly after the daughter had smashed the window, uh, the police showed up. And the daughter says, well, uh, there was a man that came in here and uh, he broke in through that window. You can see the broken window. And uh, uh, he uh, he's the one that killed my mother. I, I just came in here and found the window broken and I found my mother on the floor. And uh, so that's what you, that's the story she tried to, to tell the police. Well... In the investigation and so on, they found out what she had done, and they, she more or less confessed to that she had killed her mother. So now she is going to be sentenced. She has been found guilty uh, of uh, murder. I don't know. I think it is first-degree murder. And uh, she's waiting for to be sentenced by a judge. And at the trial... She was crying profusely and uh, just wiping her face continually and so on. And uh, the, the sad thing is this. She was not weeping because her mother was dead. She was weeping because she might have to go to prison or she might get the death penalty. She was weeping for herself. She simply felt, you know, Life is not fair, this is not good, and so on. 
Now, the demons are not going to get punished by the court. She is. So, where did, where is her guilt? Why would she be guilty of murder? Why should she not be simply told, well, a demon, I made you do this and so on. The reason for that is the same thing as if you drink, you get drunk, you get in a car, you have an accident and you kill somebody, you'll be charged with murder. And you cannot have as a defense and says, but your honor, I was so drunk, I did not know what to do, what I did. And the judge is going to say, well, you know that drinking and driving does not work. And you should have simply realized when you started to drink, you should have knocked on your car. So you are guilty. The same thing now with demons. Most people pick up demons by their own actions. We do notice that probably quite a few children get demonized because of the parents or because of uh, things they do as, as children and so on. But <clears throat> everyone knows this, that if you have a person that is possessed by demons, that person can simply say this, I have something possessing me that tells me to do this or this or that, or simply wants me to do certain things. If a person has that information, the person then should ask for help. Since most people today are not Christians, the last thing they do is to go to God and say, God, there's some kind of creature living in me and uh, I need help. Which is people are not Christians and they are told that demons do not exist. They simply do not do that. And uh, most people are not going to make an appointment with a medical doctor or a psychiatrist and say, you know, I really have problems. Uh, I, I do things that I really shouldn't do, and uh, it's messing up my life. So people hide it. And then it shows up. It can be in a murder. It can mean people are stealing. People are lying. People are fornicating, adultery, and so on. So, what I'm trying to get across to you here this morning, as we finish up this thought that we had last week about gossip, is that you have to monitor yourself. You have to monitor yourself. Because I can guarantee you this, you will have demons visit you. If you not have demons inside of you, if you cast them out, if you haven't done anything particularly, they will be on the outside. They will be like a salesman coming and knocking on your door. You open the door and he gives a sales pitch. If you're demon-possessed, they are inside and they're simply telling you what to do. So, it is a matter of assessing the situation. And where am I at? What is influencing me? Why do I gossip? Why do I talk bad about that person? Does it help that person? No. But it makes me feel good because I put that person down. I want to destroy the person's reputation. I want to tell the world how bad the person is. That is gossip, and gossip is a demon. And gossip breaks up churches. Now, let's go to James chapter 3. And I'm going to read 
to you verses 13 through 17. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is for pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. This is a Bible verse that you really need to examine. Who is a wise man? Endued with knowledge among you. Are you wise? Are you watching what you do? Are you slandering other people? Are you gossiping? Are you stepping on other people in order for you to get a better position in life. Now, James said this, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. I just watched about 20 minutes this morning of the beginning of the impeachment hearing against Joe Biden. And I heard three committed chairmans uh, lay out the case what they had, providing evidence and stating that we have this evidence, this evidence, and so on. And um, they stated we have bank records, we have witness testimony, uh, we have all kind of different evidence that we have gathered and we now want to present them to this congressional hear- impeachment hearing. So then <clears throat> the uh, Democratic ranking Democrat, his name is Raskin, R-A-S-K-I-N, Raskin, and uh, He's been battling cancer, by the way, so uh, for a long time he, he was wearing a bandana because he lost all his hair. He either got his hair back, he got a uh, wig today. But anyway, he spent his time and simply said, well, this is not true, and so on. And he simply said, there's no evidence. We have no direct things. We have this and that. And he had people from his staff behind him that had big, uh, not billboards, but they were cardboards, probably about, uh, I would say about maybe five by five feet, and they would stand behind him and come in. It was about five or six billboards, and they would hold them up and they sort of hoping that the camera would catch this and simply let people know that he was presenting truth. Well... Here we have now the Republicans presenting evidence, and here is this Raskin simply saying, there's no evidence, this is false, this is false, this is false, this is false, and so on. We, we've, we, we, there's no case against Joe Biden. One of the, either the Republicans are lying, or the Democrats are lying. Now, this has to be determined by people listening to it. But it's obviously that someone is lying and lying in Congress is a crime.
going back now to our situation, the human brain, you have a tendency of defending yourself. If you fail in the job, if you fail in school, whatever it is, very seldom do I have a person that simply says, I failed because I did not study. When I was in grade school, high school, college, I struggled. I didn't get good grades. I eventually managed to graduate, but not with very good grades. And I can tell you this. I failed, not because I'm stupid, but I didn't like to study. Simple. I would attend the lectures. I go home. I do everything under the sun except studying. And then I cram a little bit before the day of a test, and I don't do too well. I cannot blame it on my parents. I cannot blame it on the climate change. I cannot blame it on anything. I had a problem. I was lazy. I didn't study. I was a bum. I was stupid because I didn't apply myself. So I cannot blame anyone for my bad school years. Despite all this, now here's a hilarious situation. God knew that he needed me to finish high school. He knew that he had to, I had to have a college degree so that down the road would be able to get into a seminary and get some training to be a minister. So God had this idiot called John Terrell that just messed around and simply want to have fun, read this, do that, run around, sit and daydream and so on. And he had to get me through. And he did. I cannot take any credit and say, you know, I'm great. I did this. No. God did it. When I got to seminary, now I had a change of heart because now I was rededicating my life to Christ. I had the Holy Spirit in me, and I knew that I was going to be in the ministry, so I simply had an incentive. I want to study. I want to get as much out of this as I can, so I applied myself, and there was no problems. So, realize this. Don't blame President Trump for your problems. Don't blame the Democrats. Don't blame, blame your, your father, blame your father, or your mother, or your ancestors. The buck stop with you. You have to take control of yourself and realize, I need to have a clean house. There are demons around me. There might be demons in you. And you got to recognize, I'm a spirit being, I'm swayed by these spirits, and I need to obliterate them, get them out of my life, in order to function. And this is where Jesus comes in. So how do you do that? First of all, you recognize you got a problem, you ask God to forgive you for what you have done, and repent of that, and then in the name of Jesus, you tell the squatters to get out of your life, and you simply leave your body and your soul bright. You don't want them. And if you're a born again believer, and you have the Holy Spirit, these demons will obey you. They have to. They have no choice. I had a very strange 
thing happening to me here today. When I, I was walking into my office, which is in a different building from the house where I live in, and uh, I was just walking down, you know, thinking about, okay, I'm going to do a Mega Man today, and, you know, and so on. And uh, so I put the key in the door, in the lock, and opened it up. And just as I shoved the door open, here was a big rat, probably, I would say, about six inches. that had been sitting on a wall someplace. And when I shoved the door open, that thing just fell down and took off like a rocket to try to hide in the garage where my office is located. And I thought, oh, that is strange. I don't, li- I don't like rats. This is not a mouse. This is a rat. I don't like that. So that my first thinking was, well, we don't have any food in the garage. So for some reason, this stupid thing got in here. And uh, so uh, we're going to have to make sure that if this creature, creature, critter decided to make the garage their home, I'm going to give give them some food. You know, I, I really have compassion on rats. I'm, I don't want them to be hungry. So I go to the store and I buy this special food made for rats. And uh, when I eat it, uh, this is the last meal. I mean, they get a good, solid meal, and they, it's, you know, before they pass on. So I'm going to take action. I'm not going to sit and say, well, I guess we got right to the garage. Oh, okay, well, I'll just live with it. No, I'm not going to live with it. I'm going to take care of it. I got a demon in my garage, and I'm going to feed that demon some delicious food. That will be his last meal. And after that, I don't have any more rats at the garage. If I get more, I just keep feeding them until they disappear. And that's what you have to do with demons. When I opened the door, did I get scared of that rat? As it flopped down right in front of me? If I had gone faster, she would have fallen down on top of me. No, I'm not scared of them. I know they bite, so I'm not going to give them an opportunity to bite. And I know how to handle myself. And so you navigate through. So let me wrap this particular part up here. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is for pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, let's move on. I'm going to talk now about the works of the flesh. And identifying the work of the flesh, I'm going to go to Galatians chapter 5. Verses 19 through 21. And we read this. Works of the flesh. Adultery. Fornication. Uncleanness. Lasciviousness. Idolatry. Witchcraft. Hatred. Variance. Immolations. Wrath. Strife. Seditions. Heresies. Envyings. Murders. Drunkenness revelings, and such like. That's a pretty impressive list. Now, I have read that many times. You know what? When we read the King James Bible, there are certain words that we don't use. The word lasciviousness. I hope I pronounce it right. Lasciviousness. Um... I don't go. I don't walk around and talk about uh, this is lasciviousness. So basically, I can tell you this: I do not know what it means. So to me, it's a word. And if someone said, "What does it mean?" I would say, "Who knows?" It's all King James. Well, there is another demon that is operating a lot of people, his name is Lacey. 
<laughs> Lacy, L-A-C-Y. And uh, the demon of Lacy simply sits on your shoulder and says, oh, don't worry about that. Just let it slide. Don't don't check this out. Don't do this or not. Just keep on going. You, you get the drift of it. That's all you need. You don't need the details. So most people have a demon of laziness. And they are lazy. Shortcuts. So I decided... In the name of Jesus, before this broadcast today, i got to look this word up. And uh, I was surprised when I found out what it meant. It meant to have a sexual, lewd lust. A servitude is a person that is sexually lewd. Dirty, bad sex, old sex, alien sex, whatever they have, child pornography, that is lasciviousness. And that's part of the work of the flesh. And you don't want to have that. So, as we look upon these different things, what you should do is, after the program today, or you might not have time right now, but before you go to bed tonight, just to simply say, okay, I'm going to look up Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21, and then check yourself and say, do you have any one of these spiritual diseases? And be honest, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, sexual lewd lust, so on. Yesterday, there was a case broke in, uh, I think, in the state of Colorado. And there was a woman, she was also a mother, about 47, 50 years old, and she'd been missing for... Um, maybe a month or so, maybe longer. And they finally found her remains. She had been murdered. Now, the story simply said this. She had been involved in adultery with another man. Her husband had been involved in adultery with another woman, both of them had cheated in their marriage, and either the husband or the wife that got killed, or her lover, quote-unquote, killed her. Now, when these four people got involved in adultery. They did not think of that our affairs, our adulteries, is going to lead to the murder of one of us. No one thought that. No, they were filled with lasciviousness, sexual lewd lust, and all they were thinking was to gratifying themselves and not knowing that a demon of murder was part of the equation. Somebody died, the woman died, and somebody is going to go to prison. So two lives were ruined. One stopped, and one was moved from here into a prison. So, we need to be very careful that we simply do not have these things. I want us to turn right now, I want to go to First um, uh, Peter. And uh, we're going to go to chapter 5 and verse number 8. 
Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Let's read that one more time. Be sober. That means don't get drunk. Don't get laid out by drugs, alcohol, whatever it is. Be alert. Be vigilant. Know what is happening around you. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Let me put it this way to you. You might not look around for the devil, but he's looking for you. Now, he cannot go after each person because he can only be in one place at one time, which means that he sends out demons. And every day... There are demons watching you, observing you, and by the way, demons can read your thoughts. This is not a lie that is propagated in the church that the, the demons say they cannot read the mind of a Christian. Yes, they can. Just ask yourself this whenever you are tempted, you get a thought. You process that. Then comes another thought based upon what you thought about the first one. It's a two-way conversation. So, every day, that includes myself, that includes Shannon Davies. Every day, we are simply having demons that are watching us. And they are reading our thoughts. And they are looking for an opening where we are making a mistake where they can simply use that mistake and have us to lose our temper, screaming, lying, use a cuss word, you know, it's amazing. If you have a Christian and he's trying to hammer in a nail and he hits his thumb instead, you know if he's sanctified, if he says, Oh, Jesus! Or if the cuss words come out. You know the difference. So remember this now. Here's a devil now. Walking around watching you. Do you, how, how do you feel today? Do you have resentment to someone? Are you angry? Are you negative? They would simply say, oh, he's, he's angry with his wife today. Hmm. Let's amplify that. Let's move upon a woman. Let's have her to provoke her husband a little bit, you know, to just kneel him a little bit. And then we will work on him and provoke him to some more anger so we get him out of control. The game is to get you to lose control. Let me repeat that. The aim is for the demons. To get you to lose control. And when you lose control, you lose all types of insanity. Your intelligence goes out in the window. And you became a raving idiot. Run by emotions. Raw emotions. And you stomp around like that. And eventually you simmer down and says, now why did I do that? Well, the demons got you. They were able to nail you enough to get you into that position. Remember this, emotions have 
no intelligence. When you get emotional, you're stupid. There's no more intelligence. Just raw emotions. So we have to simply watch ourselves and just read ourselves. Now they're selling right now in the United States. They're selling little uh, things you can put on your skin that would uh, read your blood pressure, your heartbeat, and so on. And in other words, you can monitor yourself. And every advertisement, every day on television and radio, they talk about this. Get a heart monitor, get this uh, high blood pressure monitor, and so on. And uh, these are very small gadgets. Sometimes they are in a watch, and they're very easy to fasten to your body and uh, convenient, you know. Hey, you want to know your blood pressure? Well, here it is. And... Uh, so you might they say you got to monitor yourself so you don't get a stroke and die. So people now says, okay, I got to buy this because I got to monitor myself. Well, what we need to do is we need to monitor ourselves spiritually. And I wish we could sell you a gadget uh, that would monitor your anger, resentment, bitterness. And they will give you a reading and saying, well, you got some bitterness here. You got about 0.5 point of a bitterness here. You need to watch that and you need to get that down. So you got to monitor that with your spirit that is born of God. Let me reread again verse number eight of First Peter. Be sober. That means don't be drunk or under the influence of anything. Be vigilant. In other words, watch what you're doing. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, let me try to summarize to you here today what I talked about. And I didn't do a whole lot on my, I did about an inch on my uh, page here, number eight. So uh, that is all right. Because I want to have quality and quantity. Every one of us are surrounded 24 7 by evil spirits. We also surrounded by the Holy Spirit. We also surrounded by holy angels. So we are surrounded by the spirit world. So we can call upon the Holy Spirit. We can ask Jesus for angels to protect us and to do things. Or if we don't understand monitoring ourselves, we just walk around like idiots and the demons simply monitor us, read our thoughts, and the moment you have a negative thought with somebody gets you upset, an alarm bell goes on, ding, 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 and all the demons come, hey! is irritated let's massage him let's increase his irritation we want to have a climax on this so if you're smart you realize this I'm getting angry that's not good what I'm getting angry for well Figure it out. And then says, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to deal with that. If you have fear, where did that fear come from? Why do I have fear? If you get nervous, why am I nervous? What's the problem? I should be nervous. Monitor your emotions. And then, as you see issues, 
go to prayer. Jesus, I need some help here. I'm getting irritated. I'm getting angry. I'm getting jealous. I'm getting upset, Jesus. I don't want this. I need to nip it in the bud. Get the demons out of me, Jesus. And then in the name of Jesus, anger, you got to go. Fear, you got to go. Anxiety, you got to go. I'm not going to have you. Take control. And the amazing thing is, when you walk in the spirit and you're monitoring yourself, you don't have to be defeated. You can have a good day every day. And remember this, your well-being should not depend upon circumstances. It should depend upon your relationship with Jesus Christ. If your well-being depends upon if you got money, if people are nice to you, if the temperature is right, everything is good and so on, you feel very well. But if something goes wrong, now you don't feel good. You are a target of the devil and he will make you dance around. With other words... Your well-being is based upon your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that was settled when you got saved, born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, I assume, and walking with Jesus. That should be your criteria for well-being. If things go wrong around you, it should not affect your well-being. Because you have a relationship with Jesus. Well, this is where I'm going to take you today. So let me just close the program down here. And um, so I'm working out a, a book called Christian Dynamics, course number three. And uh, I'm in lesson number 50. So the outline here is available to you. All you have to do is to go to our website, eaec.org. That's eaec.org, European American Evangelical Sites. And um, contact us, either with an email or you can call the ministry and say that I would like to have a copy of the outline. And uh, we will send that to you electronically. Uh, it will be, And we will not charge you for it. So uh, there's no cost for you. So, and... Uh, we're not going to bombard you with emails after that to say, well, you know, can you give us some money? Can you give us some money? No, we don't do that. So <clears throat> that's available to you. If you want to know more about our ministry, go to our website, eaec.org. And um, 650 plus uh, sermon, uh, sermon videos is on there. I got books, I got articles, I got all kind of things. I dealt with subject from prophecy, policy, politics, the occult, you name it. I've I done it. It's fun there. So go to the website. Now, if you say, <clears throat> do you have a church? Yes, we do have a church. Resurrected Life of Jesus Church, located just north of Sacramento, about an hour north of Sacramento. And uh, every Sunday we have church. If you live in the greater Sacramento area, come and visit our little country church because we're out in the country. If you can't come because you live too far away, not a problem. We have a webcast every Sunday. We do a webcast. We start at 8.30 with music, 9 o'clock. Prayer time, about 9.30, I start preaching. And... Uh, how do you get that webcast? You go to our website, and there is a page called Webcast Page. You click on that, and that takes you to another page. You click on that, and now you're in our webcast, and we'll be streaming to you. If you can't be with us in the morning because you go do other things, maybe you go to another church, uh, maybe you're living in different countries. The time zone is not the same. That's not a problem. You can go to our website any day from Sunday to Saturday, and 
you can watch the recorded service that is available all week long. So that's available to you, no cost. And if you're interested in what I'm teaching, check it out. If I'm not good enough for you, move on, find somebody else. Finally, I want to talk about money. We got to keep Shannon Davis financially supported. He's in Indonesia. He got a family. He doesn't have any other jobs. He lives on the gifts, the offerings that people send in because they are blessed by Omega Man Radio. So if you haven't given this week, please go to his website, Omega Man Radio, and find his donation buttons, put something in, give him a good offering, no one does. God will bless you. Feed the hand that is feeding you. And with that, back to you, Sean. Thank you, Brother John. What a uh, great message tonight. Every week, folks, you got to tune in here and uh, get in here live. If you're missing live, though, you can get in the archive still. Share it with a friend. Brother John, what shall we title tonight's episode? <laughs> I got so many <laughs> different things. So um, let's call it Don't Be Stupid. Hey, I like that. Okay. That's awesome. Brother John, as always, thank you for coming on, my friend. It's an honor to work with you. Folks, again, get over to eaec.org. And um, we love and appreciate you, Brother John. Have a love great day too. over there, and we'll see you again real soon. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you, sir. Whoop.